Savior, we come to set our gaze upon Your beauty, Your majesty, how mighty You are in every way. You are King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior and Redeemer, the One who has come to set us free, the One who has come to live in us. For You are Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, how I pray that You would open our eyes, open our hearts in this time as we open up Your Word, as we continue to give You our worship. Pray that You would stir in us this morning. For those of us who need to be shaken, pray that You shake us. For those who need to be awakened, I pray that You awaken us. For those who need to be comforted, bring Your comfort. But above all, bring us Your Spirit to guide us into truth, to show us more of your glory. We submit our hearts to you and we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. If you were to look at your life over, I would say, these last months, uh, eight months or so beginning in March when the whole coronavirus thing came out, then through now, I wonder if you were to look at your lives, what habits you notice you've taken on? Are there new habits that you've taken on that, that have begun to characterize your life in these past eight months or so? Some of them, as you can think, are probably good. <laughs> some are not so good. Uh, maybe some of the ones that I've heard are, you know, I've developed a, a stronger habit of working out regularly. Um, I've loved the habit, the time that I've gotten with my family. I'm home a lot more these days. Some have gotten into a habit of reading great books or, or reading more of the scriptures. But I think there are also some uh, negative, unhealthy habits that we have taken on. Uh, maybe some have become more argumentative uh, because of the stress around us. Some have been consumed with media. They're stress eating, binge, you name it, <laughs> that many of us are, are participating in. And there's also social media binging on that line. You know, there are a lot of habits that we have in our lives, aren't there? Not all of them are good, and many of them we don't even realize that we have. Not long ago, I was watching a devotion by Paul Tripp, and um, it was a devotion on, on just habits that people have developed over these months, and he named something that I thought was so helpful that I needed to hear. Here's what he said. He said, we can develop a heart habit where you're trouble meditating, problem meditating, and God forgetting. When we do that, Trouble looms larger and larger, and God seems smaller and smaller. And as a result of that, there's fear. And he went on and he said, the best weapon against fear and anxiety, you know what the word is? One word he used. The best weapon against fear and anxiety is gratitude. Gratitude. How do we, how do we break the, the, these negative habits that we have developed over these past few months well, by substituting them with a greater habit, something much greater that we're going to look at this morning, and that is gratitude. We're going to spend the next few minutes looking at parts of uh, Exodus chapter 15 that Dustin just read, and Exodus chapter 15 is the first song that we see in the Scriptures. 
First time that we see a song, and it's a pretty spectacular song. It's a song of praise. It's a song of gratitude to God that Moses led the Israelites singing when they passed through the Red Sea on dry ground. Remember the story as we've been in Exodus, the the, the Israelites were led out by Moses out of that land of slavery, and God took them on a pretty circuitous route that led them smack up against the Red Sea on one side and the encroaching Egyptian army on the left. And they thought, we're dying. But what did we see God do? In His incredible power, He parts the waters, the Israelites, some two and a half million of them, walk through on dry ground. And then when Pharaoh, when his army, the Egyptians came, the waters caved in and the enemy was defeated. And then as a result, this incredible song is penned and all of the Israelites break out in song. What about you? I wonder if there's a song in your life these days. Maybe for some there is, for others no. These are stressful times that we're living in. But I want you to hear this. We need to begin to think about gratitude because what gratitude does is it it brings us an awareness of how God is moving in our lives and how God is moving around us. You see, gratitude reminds us that our days really are filled with a lot of gifts from God. I wonder, do you notice them? Do you notice those gifts in a day? Do you see them? If you do, how do you respond? Do you just go on about your day? Or do you stop for a moment and give praise to God and thank Him for that moment or whatever that gift was? Maybe for some of us, we, they're there, but we don't notice them. You see, what, what's happened is that, that we've allowed the troubles around us to loom larger and larger and larger. And as those troubles around us have loomed larger, guess what happens? God becomes, in our eyes at least, smaller and smaller and smaller. Friends, I believe that we can give thanks. I mean, obviously, this context is is in great celebration for, for some incredible thing that the Israelites saw God do. But I believe that you and I can give thanks, not just in those moments, but even in the difficult moments, even in the overwhelming moments, even in those moments where things seem to be falling apart, we can still give thanks to God. You see, gratitude is not about denying the reality around us, but rather seeing all things through the lens of the gospel. I wonder what it would do for you to begin to see things before you through the lens of the gospel. How do you think that may reframe how you respond to those things? You see, what we find in this song here and throughout the Scriptures is the call to develop a heart of gratitude where that becomes a habit in our lives that is not just every now and then, but a regular rhythm that we find ourselves living out of. So this morning we're going to do two things. It's it's a rather long song. We're not going to look at it all, but just two parts. One, I want us to look and see who God is, Okay, who He is. And secondly, what God has done. So let's dive in. I'm going to start at verse 11. Exodus 15, 11. The verse goes like this. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? 
What an incredible verse that they sang. Who is like you among the gods? What they were finally seeing and naming is that the one true God who rescued them was wholly different than all the other gods, those counterfeit, those false gods that they and the Egyptians worshipped when they lived in Egypt. You see, what we're seeing in this song is this, that God is distinctly different from all of the other gods. There was only one God they came to realize who rescues, only one God who saves, only one God who protects. And that's Yahweh. And they were beginning to see that. They had seen God do things, but nothing like this. And their hearts turned to praise, giving glory to God. You know, friends, I think we would do well to slow our lives down and to spend more time pondering the glory and majesty, the holiness, the wondrous works of our God. Amen? What difference would that make in your life if you gave more time to seeing Him? It would change us as a people. I love what we read in Psalm 19, verse 2. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. What would it be like if when you woke up in the morning and you saw the sun, maybe you're not up before the sun rises, but maybe it's already up and you just stop for a moment and gaze upon the beauty of a new day that God has brought. I mean, not even on a day that looks dreary, but you see the incredibly beautiful yellow leaves on that tree as it's it's changing colors. Friends, God's beauty is all around us. The heavens declare His glory. The earth His handiwork. There's a call here for us to, to look, to open our eyes and see. I wonder, do you ever stop to look? Do you ever stop to notice? And when you do, how do you respond? Is it a praise? You know it's okay to raise your hands. It's okay to lift your hands high. Not just in worship, but I don't know, even in your car, right? It's a good thing to, be, to see and to praise God. The heavens declare His glory. Listen, if the heavens declare His glory, how much more should we? the height of His creation, made in His image. Look and see and ponder and give glory to God. David makes note of this in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 8-12. through Listen to what he wrote. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Remember the wondrous things that He has done, His miracles and the judgments He uttered. You know what David's inviting us to through these words? It's this. It's developing a habit of of, of God-meditating gratitude. Let me say that again. God-meditating gratitude. Where our eyes are on Him. I love this. He goes, make, make known His deeds among the peoples. Is that not incredible? If we're going to make His deeds known, guess what? We have to see them. 
We have to remember them. And friends, I will tell you, he is still doing mighty works today. He is still doing miracles among us today. There are still incredible acts of God that he is doing, but I fear that we don't see them because we're not looking. It's not that God isn't working in our midst, but I think that we are a people who become too preoccupied with all kinds of other stuff, and we're missing the mighty works of God. I still believe that he does mighty works today. It did not end in the Old Testament. It did not end in the New Testament when it was finished. He is still working through his people. And we need to have our eyes to see and anticipate it and then speak about it. This is our God. We cannot take him for granted. We cannot take what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do for granted. Yesterday, I was doing a graveside service for a friend's mother. Kimberly and I were driving to the cemetery yesterday afternoon, and and on the way, I just shared with her just the deep sadness that I felt, the deep sadness of this country that is so divided, the deep sadness of watching friends fight each other, anger abounding, anxiety. There's a deep sadness in a lot of people today. And so I got out of the car and and, and began the service, and um, it During the service outside at the cemetery, um, my friend's niece came up and sang Amazing Grace. And when she came up, I kind of stepped aside so that all the family and friends could see her. And and as I was just standing over here listening to that song, my heart had been burdened, but all of a sudden it became filled with hope, filled with joy. Because I heard those words of God's amazing grace who came to set sinners and broken people free and heal them. And I began to look at the trees as they were changing colors, and it was incredibly beautiful at that spot. And all of a sudden, I realized, God, this is yours. All of this is yours. The the worry that I walked in there was really washed away because I became undone when I sat there and was reminded of God's amazing grace. Maybe there's some in here this morning that need to be reminded of God's amazing grace. It's why we're here. It's true. It's real. Let Him come in and bring His incredible peace in your midst. You see, friends, it makes all the difference when we begin to see life through the lens of the gospel. It really does put things into perspective. And we're able to live free seeing how God is using us in all of His ways. So I would say, don't just remember what He's done. Look for what He's doing. And come with an anticipation, and then go and tell others. They need to hear. We need to hear the story over and over again. Friends, because look, the more you and I gaze upon the beauty of God, the more our hearts will be filled with overwhelming gratitude in spite of what's before us. And we, like Moses, the Israelites, like David, will become a people of deep praise. Let me ask you this. I wonder how much of your mental capacity lately has been eaten up by all the events happening in our country. How much of your mental capacity are you giving to the media 
to social media, to just watching the news nonstop. Listen, I'm not saying that social media is bad. I'm not saying that watching the news is bad. But I sense that many are giving themselves an inordinate amount of time to those things. Now let me ask you this. I want you to think about this. How much time are you giving to pondering the glory and majesty of God? What if you gave half that time? What if that time became balanced? Where you are giving your meditation, your thoughts, your heart to the majesty and holiness and glory of God. I believe this is one of the things in this song of Moses as we, as we hear these words, Who is like You, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like You, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? What a difference that would make for us as a community here. What a difference that would make in this city if we became people whose lives were characterized by gratitude because our eyes are on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? So that's who God is. He is amazingly glorious. But the second thing I want us to look at is, is what He's done. Look at what He's done. Look at verses 3 through 6. We read here that God is a warrior who fought for His people who fought for the marginalized, who fought for the oppressed, who seeks to bring justice when there's injustice. This is God as a warrior king. We read this, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and His host cast into the sea and His chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered Him. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, your right hand shatters the enemy. In this incredible song, we see the mighty power of a God who comes to rescue His people, and in rescuing His people, He defeats their enemy. I love the picture of, of the right hand of the Lord. We, we see this image throughout the Scriptures, especially in the, in the Old Testament, about God's right hand. Whenever you and I read about God's right hand, we need, to, we need to realize that it's a symbol of power. It's a symbol of provision and strength and stability. That when God goes before us with His right hand, we are protected. There is a powerful force, a powerful God going before us with incredible strength to fight the enemy. Psalm 44, verse 3, we read this. It's a summary of, of this whole scene. We read, For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for they delighted in them. Friends, what saves us? What saved the Israelites? Was it this powerful force that they had with, with all of their, their weaponry and their arms that led them out and saved them? No, they were powerless. But there was a powerful God who went before them. What saves us? Is it our strength? Is it what we have done, what we bring to the table, our might? No. 
It is the powerful right hand of God who goes before us to defeat our enemies so that you and I could not just be saved, but set free, living a whole new life. You see, God is this this man of war, is a man of war who comes to redeem. That's what we need to hear. That God comes to fight in order to redeem. Look at verse 13. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed, and you have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. Friends, I want you to see who God is. He is a warrior who fights for us. That's how much He loves us. In order to redeem our lives. Now, my favorite psalm is Psalm 103. It's a psalm that David wrote. I want to encourage you, after this service, go read it. And I think you'll find that you can't just read it once. You've got to read it over and over. But here's how it begins. David starts off by saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And he goes on and on and on. I love the statement, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I wonder, friends, have you forgotten them? It's easy to forget when so many other things take a priority in our lives. Oh, please don't forget. Don't forget His benefits. Don't forget what He has done for you. One of my favorite phrases in here says, He redeems your life from the pit. Do you remember when you were in the pit? Because you were. I was. And only when we know that we were once in the pit that He has brought us up out and given us a redeemed life, new life, will we truly have hearts of gratitude when we know how low we've been and now how high we stand with Christ. Friends, we need to slow down and see who our God is. Remember what He has done for us. You see, what this scene of this great victory that the Israelites went through, it points to the greater scene. It points to the greater Savior who truly went toe-to-toe, head-to-head with Satan, our greatest enemy. Jesus came among us to go to battle for you and for me. And on the cross, He won the victory that you and I couldn't even Think that we could win. We couldn't touch it. But Jesus came and did. And as He gave His life, though it looked like He was defeated, that was the greatest victory of all. Because through the risen Savior, we see that the cross is now, that the grave is empty. And that means that you and I have new life. Gratitude when we come back to the one who's redeemed. Friends, listen, I'm going to close with this. I believe we need a new song today. 
The church needs a new song. We need to know that there is a song that we can sing of praise and gratitude to God. It begins with that song in Exodus chapter 15. But then we see that song magnified in Genesis chapter, I mean in, in, in Revelation chapter 15, the very end. Listen to these words. This is Revelation 15, John writing this. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels and seven plagues, which are the last, for with, for with them the wrath of God is finished. Is that not good news? The wrath of God is finished? Then he goes on and, and he writes, And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who had continued, who, who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, and here's the song, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. Friends, may our song be great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God, the Almighty. The Lamb who was slain has begun His reign. He has conquered the enemy and our song is Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Friends, may God in His grace stir in us new life of gratitude for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? Jesus, may Your name be glorified in what You do, a renewing work of Your gratitude in our hearts. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen.